reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. There was a scholar of the law who stood up to test Jesus and said, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? He said in reply, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. He replied to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But because he wished to justify himself, he said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man fell victim to robbers as he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. They stripped and beat him and went off, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that road, but when he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side. Likewise, a Levite came to the place, and when he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side. But a Samaritan traveler who came upon him was moved with compassion at the sight. He approached the victim, poured oil and wine over his wounds and bandaged them. Then he lifted him up on his own animal, took him to an inn, and cared for him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper with the instruction, Take care of him. If you spend more than what I have given you, I shall repay you on my way back. Which of these three, in your opinion, was neighbor to the robber's victim? He answered, The one who treated him with mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Unlike most of the parables that we have from the Gospels, the story of the Good Samaritan is one of Jesus' teachings that transcends Christian understanding. It seems that even those with the most minimal awareness of religion are aware of this story and this teaching Oftentimes, it's referred to either affirm or point out the hypocrisy of us Christian believers. The beauty of the story, though, is in a lot of the little details. First, notice that the scholar of the law, the lawyer, the translation we heard using the word to test Jesus can make us suspicious of him and his intentions. More than likely, though, he had been watching and listening to Jesus. More than likely, he's not trying to test Jesus per se, as we heard in in Sunday's gospel where the chief priests and elders are looking to test him and trap him and set set into motion the reasons they they can eliminate him. No, for the scholar, something has been stirring in his heart this time that he's been spending with Jesus, something foreign, something different, perhaps a new vision of things. Maybe he's actually experiencing this call to faith. The concept of eternal life was something that the Jewish people were still very unclear about. So even if he asks, what must he do to inherit it? That could indicate he's been listening to Jesus as fulfilling those ideas in a way that he had never heard before from any of the other rabbis or scholars that he had ever met. So he's intrigued. As a good, devout Jew, he wants to know if we're on the same page, me and Jesus, 
So Jesus turns it around, though, and asks the scholar for his answers, what is written in the law? Now, the scholar recounting what is called the Shema, the love of God, coming from the book of Deuteronomy as essential, and then the part about love of neighbor coming from the book of Leviticus, reminds us that this dual commandment is from the Torah. I think we can mistakenly think that the love of God and neighbor is being a a Christian thing, but it comes about from our elder brothers and sisters in the faith, our Jewish ancestors in the, the Torah. Jesus affirms that this is the heart of faith. Love of God and neighbor is pivotal, which the scholar can connect to. But again, because the translation here has the word to justify himself, it has that potential to make us suspicious of the man and his motives for questioning. But rather than suspicion, that stirring thing, that foreign thing, that that different thing in his heart was probably nagging at him. Do I do this? For the Jews, their obligation was stated, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. That was Exodus and Leviticus. But when Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount, he pointedly said, you have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Actually, he goes on, pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father, for he makes his sun rise on the bad and the good and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For you love, if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? Do not the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers only, what's unusual about that? Do, the, do not the pagans do the same? So the scholar isn't just testing Jesus and trying to justify himself. He's got this thing in his heart that's stirring, that's foreign, that's different. Who is my neighbor? Do I do this? Faith is exciting and beautiful, so the man's enticed by Jesus, and he doesn't want to miss it. But faith is also scary because it demands, well, everything, which is what Jesus lays out as he tells the Good Samaritan story, this very well-known story, where those religiously righteous demonstrate their very narrow view of things, maybe for understandable reasons, They had somewhere to go that they can't attend to this guy, maybe for reasonable fears even, maybe out of just a narrow view of God's expectation, thinking that ritual cleanliness and those laws surrounding them are suddenly more important than attending to this stranger who's in misery. It's even telling that this good Jewish man was most likely shocked by the story because the Samaritans and Jews mutually hated each other for centuries. The audience hearing this would have had their jaws on the ground trying to wrap their heads around what's just happened, that the Samaritan turns out to be the hero in the story. You get that by the simple fact that when Jesus asks the scholar who was truly the neighbor, the scholar won't even say the Samaritan. He doesn't identify the hero by the grouping that he's categorized under, but rather by his actions. He's still obviously got work to do in the life of faith, as do we all. The Good Samaritan is meant to make us uncomfortable. 
It's meant to cause us to notice a stirring thing, that foreign thing, that different thing in our hearts. What's my definition of neighbor? How readily, selflessly am I to respond to their needs?